Bienvenidos and welcome back to Puro Pinche Gol, the place where we discuss all things USMNT y la Selección Mexicana. My name is Adrian, joining me once again my co-host Tocayo Adrian, joining us back from Chicago, or Chicago Seattle, uh, back in Austin. What's up, man? How are you, dude? Hey, how's it going, dude? It's nice to be back uh, on the pot, not necessarily on hot, scorching Texas. Uh, as soon as I got out of that flight on Saturday night, I was re I, rem I reminded myself or I remembered how uh, even at night is difficult to go out. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, you're not even in the most humid spot in Texas. So, I mean, Austin is pretty humid, but it is worse in other areas. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, let's get into it. Obviously, this weekend, we uh, the, the League's Cup concluded uh, two games, one not really too relevant, at least for one of the teams. And uh, the, the other one was, of course, that final between Inter Miami and uh, Nashville. Uh, let's talk real quick, don't spend a lot of time on it, but the third place match, uh, a match that was held in Philly between the Union and Monterrey. Monterrey obviously going in, already qualified for the CONCACAF uh, Champions League, aka it's going to be recall, uh, renamed CONCACAF Champions Cup for the 2024 uh, season. Um, so they really had nothing to play for, couldn't afford any more injuries with Liga Mekis already starting back up. Um, so... They pretty much went out there, had their whole bench on the field and had all their starters on the bench and um, ultimately ended up losing to Philly 3-0. Uh, not really a big surprise. Philadelphia was the only team really playing for something. They were playing to qualify for the um, Champions Cup, which yeah. they ultimately did. A uh, goal from um, Jesus Daniel Bueno, uh, Mikael Urge, Ure, and Alejandro Bedoya uh, to kind of wrap that up at home for Philly. Um, kind of, you know, real, you know, at least before in the, the previous episode, we kind of discussed how it was a pointless match. But, uh, I mean, <laughs> I guess Philly was kind of playing for something. So, I mean, they, they were able to uh, to wrap that up. Uh, but re the, the real big topic of the night Saturday was the final between Inter Miami and Nashville, man. Um, a game that was, you know, I, I think it was pretty exciting. It was a pretty good game. Um Nashville ultimately had more shots on on target than Inter, uh, six to two, eleven shots to six shots for Inter. Possession went Inter's way, fifty nine percent to forty one percent. Passes five ninety three to Inter, four hundred five for Nashville. Similar pass accuracy in the eighties, and um, yeah, uh, one one final regulation time. Ultimately, Inter coming through uh, ten to nine in penalties. The penalties were every player of the eleven that were on the field at the time of penalties took a kick. Ultimately, coming down to goalie versus goalie. Uh, what did you think of this final, man? Was it a just uh, win for Inter? I think that it wasn't. It wasn't a surprise to see Messi lifting the um, the cup. But I think overall, it was a quite even match. Um, to me, I think. Both of them kind of sort of studied each other very well. Um, how Nashville decided to make a slight change on their formation instead of going with just Hany Mukhtar as their only forward. They decided to, decided to play Surich, I believe, uh, that just arrived from Nottingham Forest as a double striker. So that was interesting to see. But, I mean, after a few minutes, you see, you saw, you saw, sorry, you saw Messi just being Messi, tearing up uh, Simeran and just scoring that uh, screamer. I mean, it's it's difficult to just grasp with the fact that uh, the best uh, soccer player in history, maybe, uh, arguably, uh, is just gonna tear up MLS. Uh, <laughs> you know, from day one, I guess, whenever he, uh, Inter de Miami resumes, it's. Uh, 
participation in the MLS tournament. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to see a, you know, successful streak of uh, wins for Miami and then classifying to uh, the playoffs, but that's a different topic. Um, I think at the very end, <clears throat> my, uh, Messi Yami looked a little tired uh, just because, you know, how Sergio Busquets, uh, Jordi Alba, and Messi, they didn't necessarily have any preseason. They just showed up to play. That tells you <laughs> how, how big of a difference uh, there is in terms of the skill. And uh, I don't, I don't want to say commitment, but like, uh, I guess, physicality compared to Europe where these guys were on vacation, they show up as if it was a Sunday league and they just tore up the entire, <laughs> the entire tournament. Um, but man, I mean, this is a great, this was a great storytelling, right? This was, yeah. I think it was just pretty much, uh, I, look, I'm not a, comp comp a conspiracy theories uh, guy, but all I'm saying <laughs> is if it was a scripted, right? If it was fully produced by either Apple or MLS, this had to be, the story to tell, right? You have the best soccer player going through turmoil on its uh, club after we lifting the World Cup. Then he wants to settle down at, at, at a place where he can, you know, be himself, live his, you know, a regular life. He finds solace in MLS. He shows up and he instantly uh, shares and, and <clears throat> contagious, or sorry, uh, spreads you know, his, his effect onto the entire team. And all of a sudden, everyone's playing outstandingly, even though Inter de Miami is the worst team uh, right now <laughs> that there is an MLS. <laughs> so, right. uh, I mean, I'm not going to say it was, uh, you know, it was planned, but if it was, whoever did it, man, they deserve an Oscar. <laughs> hey man, you know the the funny thing about this whole Inter Miami uh, success story here is with this lifting the league's cup, they have a chance to win the treble this year now. Yeah, uh, they're in the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup, and they're they're gonna play. I think it was uh, Cincinnati on Wednesday, August twenty third. So win that, you're in the final, playing for another trophy. And then if they somehow, like you said, if they somehow turn it around with these three guys and are able to go on a win streak in the second half of the MLS. And just sneak into playoffs, man. That's all you need. You, you exactly. saw how they were, how they performed in knockout round matches. They were able to win all of them. So, I mean, man, at the end of the season, we're going to be talking about Inter Miami, just the triple <laughs> winners. That'd be crazy. Um, be yeah, no, but it, it was a good game, man. I mean, even if it was, I mean, I'm not going to say it was scripted or not. I mean, it won't go there. But, I mean, uh, some people saying it is. I, I You know, how, how do you stop that messy goal? I mean, nobody exactly. stops that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was. But um, great game, nonetheless. Um, it was competitive. I think the first half was mainly dominated by Inter of Miami. Second half just completely flipped. Nashville, I thought, was going to take, you know, win the game. They just couldn't end up finding the um, the back of the net for the second time. And then at the end, how Inter had that chance with Campana that just hit the post. Um, and you thought, oh, man, these guys – just might lose in penalties. Uh, it, it, the game had it all, and it was a good environment, good, yeah. good, good, good conclusion to a League's Cup that uh, surprised a lot of us. You know, I know before the tournament started, we were like, oh, man, what is this? Going to be pausing Liga Mekis? Going to be pausing MLS for this? And uh, I think it had some fun stories, fun fun matches to watch. It was a good distraction. Um, but that brings us kind of the next segment here. Uh, what... First of all, would he define this League's Cup as a success, uh, you know, in general? 
And uh, what would you change or improve for the next iteration? I think in terms of entertainment was a success. Um, I personally enjoyed watching the MLS teams compete against the Mexican teams. Um, and we'll, we'll, you know, dive deeper into what it meant for both leagues in the aftermath. Um, but but I, think it, I think it was a success in terms of, uh, you know, increasing, I guess, the awareness and uh, fostering a, uh, a stronger community in terms of soccer in the United States. Uh, I think it was a success in that specific end. If we get very granular with it, um, you can definitely start poking out or uncovering things that you can definitely consider failure depending on your perspective, right? But I think overall, I enjoyed it. I had a love-hate relationship with it uh, because as much as it affected Tigres, um, I also found it quite entertaining, you know? I, I went to a couple of matches uh, here, I, I I love the fact that Austin FC got humiliated twice. Um, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> so to me, overall, I think it was a success in general. Yeah, I mean, when are you going to get another chance to go see Bravos in Austin, bro? <laughs> exactly, I mean, in Mazatlan. That's I mean, the, uh, the magic of the league. I would have also gone to the Mazatlan against Juarez uh, just, to, just to, you know, watch Liga MX in, uh, in the States. Um, right. Yeah, I, I think it was a success overall. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, we we, all, we get Liga MX matches in the States, but they're always amistosos, right, friendlies. Yeah. And being able to see teams, you know, actually compete for something in uh, actual competitive matches is always cool. Uh, I think they could have maybe spread it out differently so that markets, it could have been a little bit more marketable. Uh, Bravos could have maybe played closer to Chihuahua up here, like, you know, West Texas or New Mexico area and, uh, you know, just areas. We saw that Bra uh, Bravos Mazatlan game have 200 people in it. So uh, maybe not the uh, the best marketing in terms of uh, there in Austin and other uh, markets for Liga Mekis teams. But we know that it's only five or six Liga Mekis teams that really have the giant followings here in the States anyway. So, I mean, those other smaller teams were always going to struggle for uh, for to get fan bases here in the States. Um so you mentioned that, you know, there, there's takeaways, right, for both leagues at the end of this uh, tournament. Uh, I think more so for the Liga Mekis in terms of there's been controversies from many coaches, many up higher up stating, you know, if we're to do this again, we change this. If we were to do this again, you know, we would avoid this. Um I think Liga Mekis suffered more so than MLS in terms of injuries uh, for their players. Would you agree to that? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I don't have the list of how many MLS players got injured during this tournament, uh, but I can definitely say uh, that at least on impact, the MLS, sorry, the Liga Mekis uh, injuries were more impactful for the lack of the word uh, they definitely have a, a bigger uh, you know had a bigger toll on those teams i mean i can i can give you a few of them right now like berterame and buffalo Aguirre for for monterrey uh, berterame went from competing against messi for the golden boot uh to breaking his uh, foot <laughs> and then buffalo Aguirre getting injured as he's trying to pick up his uh his time at monterrey and become a crucial player for them and that essentially Put Monterrey, Monterrey, sorry, at a at a brink, sorry, at a at the brink, because they only had Rogelio Funes Mori, and the backup for Rogelio Funes Mori was Ali Avila, 
who is a youngster. I'm not saying that Alila Avila is not ready to play on the first division or with the first team, but it isn't as worrisome as having uh, Buffalo Aguirre or Berterame on the bench if things go bad. You also have Henry Martin with Club America who got injured and, you know, after I think the second match, he was pretty much out um, and now yeah. represents a huge loss for, for America in the next couple of weeks in Liga Mekis. And then lastly, you have a club like Atlas who, who throughout the tournament had to deal with three different injuries, one from Jerry Marquez, Huevo Lozano, and Eduardo Aguirre. And Eduardo Aguirre getting the worst one, which is a knee injury that might, you know, set him back for like three months. And Eduardo Aguirre is, is a recent signing from Atlas. So, I mean, at the beginning of Liga Mekis, he was firing away, scoring goals, and now he's sidelined because of, a, because of an injury. So I think in terms of, you know, which injuries are worst, uh, I think uh, Liga Mekis got the... I guess the, the nastier hand. Yeah, they definitely got Delta a bigger blow there. And I think it comes down to what a lot of the uh, higher ups and coaches are saying, you know, having to travel thousands of miles, kilometers, whatever you call it, um, throughout the tournament, um, having to, um, uh, CONCACAF or Leagues Cup organizers not having uh, proper hotels up to the standards of the clubs, um, you know, sometimes not even having a conference room for the teams available to study footage, um, not the best uh, food available for the players, not the best recovery available for the players, um, having to play on, um, you know, turf on occasions. We know that uh, in Liga Mekis, that's not, you know, costumbre, that's not, a, you know, normal to play on turf. So uh, a lot of these players don't really have that experience and you know turf there's studies that show both ways that a turf is equally you know as you know as grass uh, you know I, I i don't believe that i don't think turf isn't and you know anytime you can play on a natural surface it's a lot better i feel um and so we did see some injuries due to turf and just all these um you know just components just adding up to something that many of the coaches for Liga Mekis have come and said if we're going to do this again it's going to have to be on mutual ground, um, you know, uh, here and away in Mexico and in the United States matches, uh, making more fair. If we have to travel, American teams have to travel as well. Um, and uh, just, uh, yeah, just making more fair all around, which Don Garber, the MLS commissioner, has come out and said pretty much no to that, <laughs> um, that, uh, you know, the money talks and that a lot more. He pretty much said it's generate more money here in the States for a tournament like that, um, that they pretty much have to stuck it up. Uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see if there's any iterations made for this next year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Mexico teams definitely did suffer. That's probably the one thing that this uh, tournament can improve on. To me, it's like, uh, you know, all the traveling, if it's going to have a uh, World Cup format, right, why not just choose a couple of cities to be, you know, um, I guess what they called the uh, it's not a base whole cities. Yeah, whole cities there we go whole cities where yeah. you know you have x amount of teams playing on that city at those stadiums and just call it a day or maybe just looking at hey once we move on from the group stage uh we're gonna go a you know definitive leg on the turf or side or home of the team with the best uh ranking right of the tournament at that point of the set of the subsequent stages so a couple of things that they can definitely improve on on that specific aspect. But, I mean, in terms of money, uh, I, 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 haven't, I don't have the exact numbers, but what I've heard and what I've read is for Liga Mekis teams, 
this wasn't necessarily a you know huge uh, economical success for them. Um, a lot of them essentially just you know broke even in terms of how much they spent on logistics uh, for their team and as far as how much they advanced mm-hmm. in the tournament. And some of them lose money because they weren't they weren't able to uh, move on from the group stages or just you know the 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 actual compensation that was given to play the match wasn't enough to cover all of the logistic uh, expenses. So uh, maybe it was, you know, a sound business for Apple TV, for MLS, for Zoom, who are essentially the owners of this league. Uh, and maybe for some MLS uh, teams that, rec- you know, that received uh, big uh, crowds like Kansas City against Chivas or Nashville against Club America, uh, even the Tigres matches, the Monterrey matches. Cruz Azul, Pumas, all of those that are the popular teams in Mexico. Uh, maybe those the teams, teams that are, hosted Messi. Yeah. <laughs> so I think those those were the teams that benefited from the ticket or from the standards. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, I guess it depends on what kind of uh, magnifying lens you look at things, right? Yeah, and if you're trying to look at it in terms of, you know, as a, as a Liga MX aficionado, you know, I look at it as it's... I know people are going to hate on this, but it's 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 not equal playing field for the Liga MX teams, right? I mean, every time you have to travel that far, uh, travel that much, and uh, play constantly away, away, away. I would lo- I would love to see a League's Cup where, like uh, the the directives were saying, home and away across the two across the border, right? I mean, play in Mexico and play in the states. Um, and I think you know, if you're an MLS fan, you should want that as well. I mean, there's always going to be that asterisk with the winners, you know, being that oh man. They won, but, you know, they played every game at home or they didn't travel more than 500 miles or they didn't go play in Mexico. You know, I mean, till MLS teams are regularly able to beat teams in Mexico in competitive matches, um, I, you know, I, I, these tournaments, I think, are meaningless. Uh, yeah, they give you CONCACAF berths, but, um, you know, it definitely has to be a tournament that implements, you know, home and away matches for for both leagues. I feel to to be really taken seriously by both sides of the uh, of, of the spectrum there, right? Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I totally agree. And and the thing is that um, I was gonna say, so I, I want to make sure that you know PPG fans aren't misled by our comments. Like we're not trying to justify the poor performance of Liga Mekis on the tournament. I think. That's besides the point, right? All of the majority of the Liga Mekis team performed performed poorly. Uh, most of them didn't take it seriously. Most of them decided that it, this was like a preseason for them because of this specific tournament. Most of, a lot of them had to cut short their preseason training or camp before Liga Mekis started. So, um, given said that, uh, I, I don't think there's any, any excuses, or we're not we're not necessarily going to fend punches from people criticizing Liga Mekis because it was just a shame. You know, the, the fact that you only had, uh, well, I think after the group stage, 12 teams out of 18 is not too bad. But after the best 16, you only had six teams moving on onto the next stage. And by the time you hit semifinals, you only had one team playing for, you know, a spot on the final. So I understand that uh, <clears throat> MLS has almost twice the teams in, in uh, compared to Liga Mekis, but... To keep on saying that Liga MX topples MLS in every single aspect, um, performance-wise, right? I'm not going to ask infrastructure. I'm not going to. I'm not going to dabble into infrastructure because clearly MLS defeats Liga MX by bounce and leaps. Um, but 
we cannot we can Liga Mekis can no longer hold that argument saying that it's the it's a I think in my opinion at least the a content or I guess clearly the biggest league in the region. I think right now MLS is a great contender for that specific role. Um and it, it's gonna it's up to Liga Mekis if they decide to essentially just, you know, let MLS take the throne and run with it. Yeah, and I think MLS can eventually take the throne and run with it if they make changes. And uh, you know, one of the a lot of the MLS coaches have come out and said after this tournament that, you know, we can't compete with a lot of these Liga Mekis teams in terms of money spent. Right? Uh, we see uh, like Monterrey, Sergio Canales, uh, Tigres that just you know always like to spend money. America likes to spend the big teams. Um, that bring in players from Europe costly, like over, like not overpay, but uh, you know, bring in because they have no salary cap. They could bring in as many people as they want per, you know, window transfer window. MLS just simply can't compete with that because of the rules and regulations that they have implemented into the league. Um, one of the things that might benefit MLS that can come from this league's cup is, uh, you know, the higher ups noticing that hey, you know, maybe we do need to raise the, the salary cap or get rid of some of these rules and restrictions or get rid of salary cap entirely, um, which, uh, you know, even between MLS teams, they've come out and said, you know, how is Miami doing this? <laughs> we need to be able to do the same thing for us. So maybe that's something good that comes out of, Le- uh, out of League's Cup for MLS uh, that lets them take that next step to become one of the big, real big contenders um, in world football and maybe maybe the top dog in CONCACAF at this point is still debatable, you know, like you said, between Liga Mekis and MLS. Um, so we'll, we'll see, man. I mean, a lot of changes possible on the horizon for both leagues and for leagues cup. Uh, but all in all, I guess a, a good fun first experiment on this first annual leagues cup tournament. <laughs> yeah, definitely. One thing that I don't want to let go is that, uh, for the first time in Tuca's career, he got sacked and, um, I'm just ecstatic for it, dude. <laughs> I, I, I don't have anything against Tuca. I don't think he's a bad coach. I just think he's obsolete. And the fact that w- he's coming to terms with that specific aspect, because that's the whole reason why he got sacked from Tigres. Well, not sacked, but he they, they didn't renew him. You know, they, they didn't renew yeah. his contract. So throughout his entire career, he was never sacked. He was just either, you know, uh, not renewed or he would... Uh, I don't Trade think he... transfer to another team. Yeah, uh-huh, but... Yeah. To me, that's one of the effects of League's Cup. He's, he was on, you know, he was on the on the edge of maybe getting sacked before the League's Cup started because he didn't have a good start of Liga Mekis. Um, and then League, League's Cup comes by. He plays horrible. He gets, you know, outplayed by pretty much all of the MLS teams that he competed against. And I guess Cruz will realize that, man, this guy is essentially just, you know, old news. There's an old dog. Exactly, and, and as as much as I would like to believe that you can trick, you can sorry, you can teach new tricks to an old dog. Tuca is is the exception of the rule. Um, <laughs> and you know, come at me, man. I, I I don't have anything against him. As I said, I just I'm just glad when we get to see obsolete coaches getting railed by you know new <laughs> new ways of playing the game uh, by more more modern techniques of of game style. Um, and it's, it's also a you know reckoning for Liga Mekis to start looking into hey how can we become a league for the future because Liga Mekis is not known for being an innov- innovative league right I don't think there's any coach out there in Liga Mekis trying to do something new and if there is 
they get sacked almost immediately. When their new thing does not go as planned. Um, yeah, for sure. The only thing I can add to that is uh, on the MLS side, um, Austin FC, one of our favorite topics, Josh Wolf, the, uh, the coach there, you know, under pressure there at Austin FC wasn't sacked, but, uh, you know, it, it just uh, reiterates that he and his team can't perform on the international stage. We saw them get just demolished, uh, by teams in the Conca Chafa and now in the league's cup, uh, get destroyed by, uh, Bravos and Mazatlan. So, um, you know, if, if Austin FC ends up having a, a rough patch in, in MLS here as MLS picks back up, I, I can see him being being in trouble for sure. And uh, how funny would it be if uh, Tuca Ferretti becomes an assistant for Jimmy Lozano in, uh, in Mexico? <laughs> Please don't, oh, dude. Please just, just don't, don't even put those words in your mouth. <laughs> I, don't I, curse it. I, I think he will be a great... Um, he, he will be a good addition for the coaching team right i don't think he should be the assistant coach i think he should be one of those coaches that are you know sitting on the on the on the suites looking from an eagle eye perspective or just providing some sort of like guidance to uh jimmy lozano on how to deal with stars right and how to deal with those uh players with a huge ego um yeah. but i i if I, if it was up to me and if i was jimmy lozano i would be like hey man um uh, I don't. I don't buy with that stuff because I'm pretty sure he's he's gonna he's gonna want to have you know his firm hand on a lot of things, which is a Tuka signature. Uh, if you look at every single team that he has coached, that's his one thing that he wants to have control on every single aspect of the team, even the uh, the kit they're gonna use for every single match. <laughs> well, yeah. Let's let's hope that it doesn't go that way then, uh, man. Adrian. So, concluding league's cup, man. Uh, I think we all had fun watching it. As, as we wrap this up, bro, uh, where can our listeners find us, dude? Yeah, they can always find us on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, hit the like button, and turn on the notifications. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast on. Last but not least, you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Puro Pinche Gol. We post stuff every now and then. Yeah, and be sure to leave a comment below. Let us know your thoughts on the League's Cup. Um, did you find it to be as fun as we did? Was it a success for you guys? Uh, how far did your team make it? Uh, do you think Messi ended up uh, with the theatrical uh, Hollywood finish that we're all talking about? Um, yeah, just give us your opinion. We'd love to hear and interact with you guys there in the comments. At the end, man, it's been another good one. I'll see you in the next one, brother. Take it easy, my friend. See you, dude.